The best advice I can give myself as a dad is that love is the baseline. The kids will always have my love. They need to know that. They need to feel that. I can be upset, sad, embarrassed, furious, all those things, but there will always be that base love. Of course I'll love them no matter what, but the key is that they know and feel that. Always. Welcome to the Dedicated.com podcast. I'm stoked to have you on. Thank you. I'm Philip Hartmann and I became a dad of twins and triplets in a mere 13 months. Yep, you heard that right. 13 months, twins and triplets and still alive and kicking. And I love it. My sessions are always a heart-to-heart conversation between two dads, myself and my guests, who are sometimes very well known, sometimes totally not. What they all have in common is that they stepped up from being a father to being a dad and they all share their own experience and learnings. Our goal with the show is to learn all there is about being a dad and of course we want to inspire other dads and mums in an effort to help facilitate family success. I believe ultimately this will contribute to making the world a better place. If you like this and want to become part of this conversation, I encourage you to share this content, subscribe to the show and let us know your thoughts. You can do so by sending us an email via dedicated.com or just leave a review. Thank you. You can also book me for a keynote on building successful families. Just go to dedicated.com. And with this, please enjoy the show. Thank you so much. My next dad's name is Tom Cullen. Tom is a single dad and entrepreneur who lives with his two daughters, who are six and eight, in a small rural town in New York. Tom shares an episode where he had to literally pack up and leave the family home with his two children within a couple of hours. He has never returned back to that home. He became a single dad and dramatically shifted his approach to both his business and his parenting style thereafter. We spoke together about how to establish family values, how to run family retreats and family meetings, the importance of constant re-evaluation of our own approach to parenting, goal setting for our kids and how powerful it is, and how to show emotion to our children whilst shielding them from the unnecessary baggage we might be experiencing or rather carrying as adults. The most powerful takeaways for me as a dad were it is very possible to turn devastation into empowerment and strength by acts of conscience design. Teaching my children how a new toy works is an incredible opportunity to connect, teach and bond. Being a good dad is cool. Make it positive and engaging. And lastly, teach goal setting in a playful way early on. It is so powerful. And with this, without any further ado, here is Tom Cullen. If you like, please share. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. Tom, thank you so much for being on. I've really been looking forward to this one. Philip, thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of Dedicated. Thanks, man. Thanks. So... What I wrote down here the last time was, uh, you have two girls, six and eight. I know that you're not married and your journey as a dad was a little bit different because in the beginning you were very much focused uh, on business and very present and focused on the business. Um, and then by becoming a single dad, you really stopped running in circles. Um, you rededicated your whole life to your kids. And I know that you moved from Chicago back to your hometown where you stay today as well. You're still running a business and you're still an entrepreneur, but your approach to business um, and family and being a dad has changed a lot. And so I found that really intriguing. And don't you want to share your journey as a dad? Sure, I'd love to. My journey really starts, you know, when I, for me, when I was growing up and my family uh, journey. My family was amazing. I have two parents. They're still married today. They just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary in, uh, in July. And they were just really instrumental in, in creating a, an upbringing for me that was just really safe and, and really amazing. They showed us a lot of opportunities. My family owns a, a local, very small bank And, but through that, I really got to see how a family business runs and what that was like and the, sort of the, the roller coaster that, that business can be. 
But the highs of that for me really were trips and things like that 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 my parents would take me on. I could I really got to see the world was was very large and the possibilities were endless. When I was in um my hometown, there's only one th- there's only a thousand people that live in my hometown. It's it's almost an hour to drive to, to say the nearest movie theater. <laughs> and so we're very rural. <laughs> so as we yeah, <laughs> as we um as I grew and, and moved on to uh, college, I graduated from St. Bonaventure University, and that's run by um, run by the Franciscans, which really had a powerful impact on my life um, that we may or may not get into at some point on this call. But um, I, after I graduated from there, I moved to Chicago. It's about eight hours away, and I was in for eleven years. I was in finance and trading. I owned a few different trading firms. And I started as a, as a trader on the floor of the exchange, of the options exchange. And it was an incredible experience. And then as things went, became more and more electronic, I moved off the floor and started an electronic trading firm uh, or two. And, um, and after doing that uh, business for about 11 years, I I sold it and I started a uh, web and mobile development company. Initially, we were really focused on the on building finance and trading software, but we were services business. Um, as we were starting that business, as I was starting it, um, I found out that in nine months I was going to be a dad, and it was that was how I really uh, started that business. <laughs> it was it was. Um, it was definitely motivating going from, yeah, I'm going to do this to, oh no, you, I have to do this and I have to make it work in nine months. Yeah. Um, that's instant traction. <laughs> it's instant. And when, when I was in a sales meeting, it's, uh, I needed to get the sale and, and, and that's, and that was, I didn't have the sense of urgency <laughs> until yeah, then. Yeah, I, I do this to clients, you know, I sit there and I do this and I put both my hands and I, it, in my direction, I say, I have five kids, all the money to me, <laughs> sign here. <laughs> and they laugh, you know, it's, it's actually really funny. I really do it. <laughs> I, I don't have five kids, but I got to try that. That's, that, that's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, um, yours a bit older, so it's more expensive. So they must sign anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And and then what happened? Sure. So um, my kids, uh, when my kids were were three and six, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll just to rewind a little bit. As they as they were born and and started growing up, we were running. Ru- I was running the business and running around and thank. Thank goodness for the flexibility of being a business owner. I was able to um, just work my schedule around everything like doctor's appointments and all that kind of stuff. But really, I, I kind of call it we were outsourcing their upbringing a bit. Um, and is what that looked like is nannies and daycares and nanny shares. And it seemed like every three to six months we were reevaluating what, what makes sense. And um, and I think deep down, I didn't have an opinion. I didn't really know what I should be doing. And everybody talks about this manual that they don't give you when you leave, when you leave the hospital. And, um, and I think that as dads, we have to, we have to find our manual and go get it and create it ourselves. And, and, my way of doing that at the time was really relying on other people to to do a lot of things. Mm. Yeah, it's difficult, of course. When you don't have when you run a business, you need the time, and buying time is is one of the ways. To- I can totally relate. Yeah. Okay, and 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 then what happened? Yeah. So as you know, as parents, um, for me anyway. Um, I need to constantly be preparing myself for the challenges of being a parent and the the tough decisions that that we're going to have to make. and And I started really realizing that as my kids were, you know, becoming three, four years old. and um, and one of the decisions that I had to make 
was in just a couple hours on a Saturday, um, I had to pack up any everything that we um, that we would need and put it in a four door sedan car with my two kids and and um, and drive away. And actually, we never returned back to that house. And um, and most of the most of the cars filled with uh, with Christmas presents for them. Al- is what happened is is alcoholism had touched our family and and it's it's just such a real thing among some other things and um in the interesting or the difficult part is was f- you know thoughts and dreams and where I, what i thought would happen um was going to be different um I was now the the caretaker of and and am the caretaker of of my kids, and I grew up in in a in a different environment where my parents were happily married forever and still are, <laughs> and um, and so I had this vision, and that's the vision that I had seen and was modeling, if you will, and in. Um, and that wasn't happening. And so there was my my own vision for my own life and career and business and all that kind of thing stuff. Um, but it's also, uh, but more, much, much deeper was the vision that I had for my kids and um, and how different that would look. Um, so all that devastation and loss, anxiety, those kind of things that that we that I went through in that in that time period, um, I have you know turned into empowerment and strength and and pride and and whatnot and really that's um, led me to to lead my girls and and they're they're six and eight now and, and to be strong fierce women that that can meet their potential and and uh, and that's where we're at right now so. We're uh, we're in the middle of it. Wow! Thanks for sharing that, man. That must have been super hectic. It sounds hectic. Yeah. It was he- <laughs> it was definitely hectic, and uh, it, I mean, being a being a single parent is uh, can you know always is maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and is and that's not by the way not exclusive for dads <laughs> by all means. Absolutely, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. What I really liked the last time was. Um, you said um, being a good dad is cool or something like that. And I, I really like that because it's true, you know, being a good dad is cool. And and uh, it's a good mantra, really. I found it very empowering. Yeah, I would say, so before, we, I had kids a little later in, uh, in life and we ha- I had a lot of fun and uh, worked on the business and all these kind of things. Um for maybe a little longer than than most um and i didn't realize what being a dad really was and how important it was to to really focus on them um and one of the things that i think is really important is is to get down just to get down on their level and and that's i mean just just the small things uh, in that regard um, if they get a new toy, they don't know, how, they don't maybe know how to play that toy. And so when you literally get down and my, I mean, you know, the ages of my kids get down on the ground and play and teach them how to put the Legos together or to, to play a game, suddenly it just relaunches them. And, and sometimes we're tired and we just give it to them. But when you get down there, you really see it from their eyes. And, and I think that's like that at every age. I've, I've heard people talk about their teenage kids and it's like, well, how many of you have played that video game with them? And it's like, I don't know what that, why they care about the video game, but if you play it, maybe, um, maybe we know more about it. Yeah, I, it is such a good topic. I had um, Dr. John Rosemond. He um, actually last week or the week before, I don't know if you know him, he's American. Do you know him? No, I don't. He's a parenting, he's a psychologist, um, family psychologist, but he's uh, regarded a renegade 
in his profession because he says he's 72 so he's old school in his in his views if you want to without yeah, just the observation sure um and and um you know <laughs> he says when we started listening to psych uh, to psychologists to bring up our children everything went south and <laughs> I, I i i have to say I, your view and i agree with your view is is so much more I don't want to say positive. It's much more uplifting, you know, playing with your kids and, and getting down on the ground with them and, and like being on their level. But he literally said, he literally told me, you shouldn't go and, and sit on the floor with your children and play with them because you're not their playmate. And I get that, you know, it's like, okay, sure, you know, sure, but <laughs> why not? You know, we're not in 1950 anymore. And yeah, is it really detrimental to the development of the child or the relationship, the the, the father or the parent-child relationship? You know, is does it um, do away with respect? I don't I th- know. I, I found it a bit hard. Like, yeah, I I think that there's there's it's a little bit deeper than that. I think it, to, for me, um, the first so actually, I learn everything from other people. I feel like and. Mm-hmm. Beg, borrow, and steal. Um, my older brother Joe is amazing at getting down and and playing and with with his kids and with any kids. Um, and it's just you know I've definitely stolen that from him. But is but actually, it's to me the most important part is the first time that they use a toy, and mm-hmm. and that and then you teach them how to use that toy and then. And then they can play by themselves or with their friends or their siblings. And and so there's two parts to it. You know, there's the camaraderie aspect, um, but then there's the um, sort of the teaching. And so I think there's, there's it's not just. Yeah, no, I get that. I asked him, I was like, oh, wow, that's sad. And what about uh, what about walking up the mountain in, into a forest and teaching the boys how to use a knife? He's like, "That's mentoring. You can do that." <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so that's fine. And the other thing you mentioned earlier that really stuck with me, and you said it the last time too. Um, you know, in in business, we reevaluate and we re-strategize all the time. Like, you know, this is the next project for business, and this is how we're going to improve this and that. But in family. We really don't do that so much, do we? I mean, you said every three to six months you did that. Can you, or you, I know you do that because we talked about peeling the onion on yourself and then coming up with your own uh, mission and values in order to find um, working, working out together with the kids what the family values would be. Can you share a little bit your thinking around that? Because I found that super interesting the last time. Sure. I, I, I think the type of person that I am, I'm always trying to grow or get better and some it's a blessing and a curse i think um but as a family we're i'm always thinking about how where are we having some self-awareness and and where can we get better what what do we need and and those kind of things um from a cadence standpoint i didn't really learn how that works until until I you know joined EO and met Warren, people like Warren Rustand and and many others um and really wrote down things like our family values and uh, my core values and then our family values and um and those aren't easy things but for for me it started and I was I was really um hesitant on this and i i was afraid of failure i think but i started with right when we moved um moved to where we live now um i started having a quarterly meeting with the with the kids and in that meeting um we really right now at their age we talk about three things family school and faith and they set goals for the next quarter and we don't learn we don't we're not born with the ability to set a goal and go achieve it that's something that you learn and so it's it's amazing the way the amount what, that what they goals love do they it. set what's what, that? what kind of goals what kind of goals do they set so it, first of all it's totally up to them what goals they set um sometimes i'll i'll prod them a little bit 
but um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's after I hear everything that they're saying because a lot of the stuff blows my mind. Um, it'll they'll either be they'll be like super aggressive, and I want to do all this stuff, and it's it's really inspiring. Um, but it, it it might you know with with the family things, it might be. Um, I'm going to get dressed by myself every morning. I'm going to make my bed every morning. Um, what, what, one, of, one time they said, I'm not going to eat any more candy. And, and, um, and, and those, things are gr- <laughs> those things are great. I don't know why they would say that, but um, they're amazing um, because we can come back and say, how did that go? And that's the important part of this. So three months later, we come back and we talk about it. And those times really, for me as a parent, give me the ability to reflect on just where we are from a higher level than the day-to-day in the weeds kind of things. Um, But they also, I mean, one time they said they wanted to have a water balloon war. And uh, we got to the next to the next time and we hadn't had a water balloon war we finished the meeting we walked we walked out and started having a water balloon war right then and there yeah, so, that's amazing um so it's things like that um well they'll uh say they want to learn certain things for school or graduate from kindergarten or whatever those things are so um, I might push them to to put in like let's clean our bedrooms and stuff like that, and ask them if that's they want to add that. But it's really been a way to, um, for me to dip my toe and get started in this in this idea of you know family time to get together and and think about things. And by the way, that's that's one on one, me and, and each okay, kid. don't do it in a group with the with the two. And right. when you when they find a goal that or they want to achieve a goal that in, requires a certain skill set, let's say they want to I don't know, do a kickflip on a skateboard um or the 8 year old, do you help them define tasks that they could do on a weekly basis or daily basis in order to achieve the skill eventually or to, to acquire the skill eventually? Or do you just say, here's the goal, let's see what happens in three months? That's a good question. Happen. So when we started, it was, here's the goal, let's see what happens in three months. And that and I would say other people have asked me about this and how we started and because it seems daunting. And I would say, just have that conversation. And the, once we did, it was... It was amazing. They were just so so jazzed about it. But um, but now we have we have weekly family meetings as a as a group. And one of the questions we ask are is that I ask is what are you going to commit to today this for this week? And um, and so there's a sort of a series of questions like what's something that somebody in the family did that you were grateful for. What went well this week? What didn't go well this week? What will you commit to uh, for the next week? And then, um, you know, we kind of wrap it up after that um, right now. So th- those questions will evolve over time and um, and always include some sort of treat or something at the end. Uh, we usually do that on the weekends. But that is the time when we can say, and actually literally to this morning, um, I was taking my daughter to the dentist and we were talking about what her goals were. And she, I'm like, do you remember what they were, what they are? And she's like, I can't really remember. And I said, well, <laughs> we, we need to, we need to, you know, talk about it and think about it. Cause, and that's okay. Like it's, it's going to happen. And yeah, these meetings, of course, man, not, yeah. not every meeting goes that great. And, and just knowing that is, is okay. But one example was, my daughter wanted to, like the kick flip or or whatever on the on the skateboard was, uh, she wanted to um, learn how to swing by herself without having somebody push her. So that turned right into a weekly goal on the swing set, twenty minutes a day or something like that, or just swing every day. And in a week, she had it. So. Yeah, it is a really nice system, you know, because actually you're teaching them how to achieve a goal. How, firstly, how to think about uh, how to prioritize and 
do things with intent, I should say, and then how to think about where to get there. And is it the right goal in, in, in the first place or is it not going to interest you in, in two months anyways? And, 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 and that's really nice. It's a really nice skill to acquire, but it has to be playful. Otherwise, I think with young yeah. kids, you kind of, you know, you don't want to push them too hard. And are, are the goals always um, within the family, family orientated, or do they sometimes come up with, I mean, you, you shared now self goals or group goals for, within the family, but do, are they also goals like, for instance, uh, I don't know, I'm going to walk up to this friend in my class and I'm going to do something really nice or whatever. Is it also externally sometimes? Yeah, it is. I mean, the um, those things come um, whether it's with under the, the... So the categories I use now are family, um, school, and then... And okay. then faith, and then faith or church, really is what is how I say it. And so, um, so on some of the goals, it'll be, um, it'll be like we're going to clean up trash. So right when COVID hit, I don't know how many days we spent <laughs> cleaning up this little stream next next to our house, just gar. I don't know dozens of garbage bags of, of trash or whatever so that was one of them stuff like that so um as a, that's really nice as yeah. a family um i hosted a family retreat in june uh so it was on zoom um and we were able to to think and come up with some some fa some of our version of of family values um and And part of that, one of them is, well, I'll just I'll just tell you what they are. The um, rule number we love rule number one: it's have fun. Uh, we lead the way is number two. Number three is we help others to fly. We, the next is we put our trust in God, knowing He, he is always by our side, um, and we choose adventure. And the last is we are kindness cadets. And the Kindness Cadets comes from an award they both happen to win at school where each semester they pick one person from each class and say they were the Kindness Cadet. And so I'm like, well, now we have to, now we have to always be Kindness Cadets. Um, so it's been, uh, that's been helpful. I like those. I really like those. You were sharing that, um, that retreat you said? Yes, were you hosting that retreat? I hosted the retreat with... Um, you know, with, with Warren Rustand. Oh, okay. And so he was going to come in and we had all sorts of uh, amazing things planned. And, and so we took it to zoom. I said, I didn't want to cancel it. And a big part of it was, uh, was helping the families that were on there think about their family values. And that's what I want to ask you. Yeah. How did you do that? Can you share the system on how people can actually come up in a structured manner with their values? Yeah, a, a it, mission. I know you do a mission statement also for the family. Can you can you say that? Sure. So, um, it's a good question. I, I actually have like a um, sort of a blog post. I can I can give you. Um, yeah, I put it and, in the show notes. And yeah. um, it kind of is my my way of. Uh, because you're not the first person to ask. <laughs> and so is is basically this is what we did. So um the as a group, I, we gathered a ton of um words, phrases and is what I sort of did is um we read through like a hundred of them or 200 of them. And we watched and saw when people's eyes would light up and we would write them on an index card. So I have pictures of, of us doing this, but we had index cards on this whole huge area and a lot of them were similar. And we started narrowing those down and down and down um, over, over time. And so It took us, a, and that's a perfect thing to do at those sort of family meetings. And, uh, and so that's what we did. And, and we literally structured the family retreat 
on Zoom to be over a period of time. And then on WhatsApp, we kind of encouraged people and threw at them. And you can Google and find lots of family values and, and stuff like that. And I just kind of made a master list on a Google Doc or something. And, and everybody was just started, started there. So that, I don't know if that answers your question, but there's, um, it's, it, the one, probably the most valuable part was talking through them. And my kids were young. (laughs) So having those conversations with them, you know, they're young, but they're not, you know, you, you don't always realize, or I didn't always realize that, that they're they're on top of the ball and uh, they're really they're really paying attention. Yeah, no, they understand a lot more than you think. But yeah. I always get it. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, they ask you something from like a year ago, and you go like, how did you even pick that up? But like, so so you 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 make a long list of words, and then what? Do you create actionable uh, concepts out of the single words, and you combine the words, or what do you actually do? What's the actual process? So, okay, so I, I t- so we're just writing down these words, and it's just, it's a brain dump. And, and really, it's reading other words, and then, and then saying, oh, yeah, that one, that one, write that one down. And you put them on index cards. So you can do that second, or you just do it right away. And you put them on index cards, and, um, and I kind of feel like you should walk away. So maybe you come back. Um, and, and then every, and then, but then you're thinking about it. So when you hear something over the next say week, you're thinking, Ooh, that's something we should add to the list. And so depending on how old your kids are, um, you can put it in your phone or or write it down or whatever. And then you come back and now you have a, a whole bunch of index cards and we spread them out on a big table and, there's a lot that are very similar. So we start grouping them into, into words or concepts that are similar. Um, for us, like um, helping, you know, we ended up with, we help others to fly. Well, there's a whole lot there that you could, that you could yeah. take, take from that. Like we, um, there, there are probably five or 10 cards that we, that we narrowed in uh, on that. Like we're, we're helping others to fly. Well, that's cleaning up the garbage maybe in the, in the park or, um, or encouraging people and, and, and stuff like that. Um, we lead the way. I mean, that was probably uh, pretty close to what that was, but there are probably other ones that were similar. And so we got them into groups and then, so that was sort of session number two is we get them into groups and, and throw a lot out and say, no, nah, that's not quite right. And then, and then for me in the age of my kids, I took those and, um, and, you know, start and sat down with them for an hour and started to sort of meld them in. And I brought those back. And so depending on the age of your kids, I'd probably recommend that they, um, that you worked with one of your kids to do that. But as a whole group, it's going to be difficult to take five cards into one and like, I'll be excited about it. Yeah, I know it's for us, it's impossible. I mean, we're three and a half and five. So if yeah. I want to, I almost I, recommend do, a one person do it. Yeah, no, we have done it. I've done it with my wife, but the mm. kids were like, uh, one and three or something so yeah. they didn't have much say but right, right. <laughs> but we yeah. decided it's fine we'll, we'll ask them when they're older but but i mean you know I, I can't even get a decent sentence and actually tonight dinner was amazing they were all talking to each other so i'm really hopeful that's gonna stick you know the last yeah. few months actually were very stressful because they were just screaming you're like hey yeah. guys you're just competing for you know you're competing for attention i get that but it's like i can't like everybody's just drawing and and but it's it's really t- tonight was really amazing. Hey, and, uh, what I wanted awesome. to ask you. So I know that you now uh, you live in your home village or hometown. What's it called again? State of New York. What's it called? Yeah, the name of the 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 village is called Cataragus. Cataragus. Mm-hmm. And so I know your kids were only three and uh, six, if I get it right. But can you describe the difference? from Chicago and then of course you have to give context on where in Chicago if it's white picket fence and and, um, and garden it's probably not that different but 
Chicago to really small town with kids. How is it for you as a parent and how is it for the kids? Different. Sure, sure. That, that's a great question. So, so now my kids, um, in another week, they'll be, they'll be six and eight. And, um, this is what I would say. The, in Chicago, we had moved to the suburbs, um, before we moved back here. Um, But wherever you live in Chicago, just like any big city, there are so many things to do. So every night we're doing something different, and uh, whether it's swim lessons or a science uh, thing or some craft or jungle gym or whatever. And and so I would say this, like moving to a small town, you do less of things, but you go a mile deep. And so that's sort of the difference is you go, you go an inch deep versus a mile deep. Um, they, so they, uh, you know, learn to swim, learn to ride their bikes. They're better than most people their ages at those types of things. Um, the other thing that we did, um, that I did is, is we removed the devices from, from, uh, from them. I, we, I relied on those or we relied on those, Uh, more than we should have as parents, in my opinion. And we built, I mean, my, my job was to build application, you know, apps. And so I kind of, um, knew, knew how they were helpful, but also knew how, how they weren't. And, and part of me is, so, I mean, we don't have a TV right now. Um, they actually didn't ask for a TV for 45 days after we moved. We, we recently bought a house and, um, It took 45 days. I was, I was, I was counting to see how long they would ask before they would ask. Um, but the part, I mean, the negatives to screen time are, are well documented, but, um, the, the, the biggest thing for me and for my kids, and I don't know about anybody else's, but, um, after they watch, they're just cranky and, hundred um, percent. I was going to say, yeah. And so if they don't watch, they're not cranky and maybe they ask, yeah. but, but when they hear no, and they know that there is no TV, I mean, what are you going to do? And part, and so part of it is I would have a real, like me personally, I would have a really hard time pulling them away from the devices or, or whatnot. hundred percent. I can hundred yeah. percent confirm this. I mean, if I have, if I have a night shift, um, on a Saturday, for instance, to the yeah. Sunday, because then we don't have a night uh, nurse on the weekend right. and they didn't sleep and I, I'm just finished in the morning and I give them the phone to watch, I don't know, some children's right. stuff on YouTube. Yeah. It, the whole morning is a disaster. I can sleep another hour, but then everything is screwed. I take the phone away, breakfast is screwed, everything is screwed, the whole day is out. And so I, it's, it's 100% true and that it's so addictive And that doesn't count only, uh, by the way, for only for children. It's uh, also for right. parents. And so we don't have a TV, we, but we do have a laptop and we do have Netflix. Um, and they watch kids stuff on Netflix, um, yeah. but very dedicated. So, for instance, um, drying hair uh, without screaming. Okay, there's five minutes of something on. The yeah. problem is <laughs> they want to wet their hair now because they know they can watch something. So right. 100%, I agree with you. If, if, as a parent, if one is courageous enough to remove the devices, bingo. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think that's an amazing word, and I think it's very uh, spot on, courageous. It's, um, I was sort of lucky to just have that, I mean, there was a, time where it was made it easy to do it. But I, I mean, I'd heard of people not having TVs or devices and I, I thought that was ridiculous and so hard. And it's like anything, I feel like anything with parenting, the hard part is the first inertia. And then once they learn that you're, that that's just the way it is, um, then they don't complain. Actually now we'll have a movie night They, the, the TV is in my closet, and, uh, and so about once a month, they beg for a movie night, and we go and get the TV and have popcorn or whatever. Yeah, okay, and, uh, then, it, then it's an actual event with something yeah. special. I think the problem for me actually would be myself removing the device completely right from the house. Like, I do not work uh, uh, next door, where, where, well, I'm working next door where we are now, um, 
And so next door, I don't work. But of course, the phone is there. And sometimes I do check it or music or there's a WhatsApp that comes in or whatever. And I try very much to be present and not use it, but it is there. So I think it, first, the parents need to remove the device myself. Yeah. And I say, hey, hey, Tom, um, on devices, I mean, we agree 100% that's easy. Is there other stuff where I haven't gone yet that you want to share? Because that's, that's really what we're here for. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wrote down a few things. Um, yeah, please. The, I think in, as parents, we go through lots of challenges and whatnot. And, um, and we'll have things that, that get us down and it might be from work. It might be from something else. And, um, and I think, uh, for me, I've, I've, I've had to do a lot of, and it kind of goes to to the last conversation on on uh, whether it's on social media or just devices in general. Um, I've had to be really conscious about about turning that stuff off, deleting it, whatever, starting my day in, with the morning routines, that kind of thing, in order to be the person that I need to be for them. And you know, one of the th you mentioned like being a dad is cool, and I don't know if we really really nailed. Uh, that part, but it's there's nothing um, cooler than than being an amazing dad, and I think that um, we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And for me, I'm really just talking about myself. I am now hold myself to a much higher standard than I did um, than I did when my kids were first born, really. And so um, it's it's for me to do that and whatever baggage or whatever, like that's not for our kids. That's for us. And, um, and if we put baggage or any issues that, that we're sort of dealing with that I'm dealing with, um, it some, it could put a barrier in their lives for them to overcome. And for me, like that looks like a split marriage and, and stuff like that. Um, and that's, um, and I don't want them to model, that type of stuff later in life. And, and I just want them to be, you know, free to be themselves and, uh, and be, you know, be a kid now and be whatever they, whatever they need to or want to be. But so, um, so, so just to, um, for understanding, you have a separated marriage, right? So how correct. do you, uh, are you saying you're shielding them from the topic completely or are you discussing the topic and you sharing um, why or whatever you can share age appropriately. What, which one are you? Just to, to clarify. Sure. So I, I think sh uh, showing emotions and and feelings to to our kids or to anybody, I think, is really important. Um, it that's modeling sort of behavior that yeah, uh, really course. is that self awareness and. As we all deal with challenges, they might create anxiety or depression or any type of, you know, reaction, emotional reaction, and um, and the the change really, you know, to overcome those things. I want to give them the the power and the ability to to when they deal with whatever emotions that they have for whatever reason that they're able to go and and overcome them. And if they can do that, then I think that they'll be they'll be an amazing person. And in the meantime, like underneath all of that is really that base love that that I led the 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 talk with. Yeah, I agree with that, but when you say um none of your baggage should end up with the kids, so to speak. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Because you are what who you are, and by being vulnerable and by having emotions, some of your baggage is in the family matrix. That's just so. Do you shield the children completely? Well, you not don't because if you are vulnerable, they they see that you have that you are sad, maybe, and that's fine. That's good. What do no, you mean a, when you say? Yeah, it's a good question. So basically, I think that as the as the as we grow older. Um, I want to um, be able to overcome anything. And so with when um, whatever knickknack type of things 
occur or happen, that's really for for me to um, or yeah. or just it's just not for the kids to to know or or, or care about um, because I don't want them to feel as though anything was their fault. Uh, thing the emotions like that that they could carry with them for years or or long or their whole life that they were uh, they were the reason for for any like negative negative things that that may or may not happen like those those are the things that um that really can put a ceiling on on people's lives or or to to yeah, yeah. do something 100%. like that that's what that's really I what i mean i don't know if that makes sense but yeah um, well, i think what what i'm hearing is um not to give not to make the children uh, carry emotional emotional baggage or carry uh, you, you know for instance a separation that you, you should not uh, one should not um have the children be emotionally involved in that separation in a sense that of course they can be sad about it but they shouldn't have to carry that for instance by having to take sides If right. they have to take sides, they are carrying that separation emotionally. And that is very, very hard for children. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that is an, um, that is spot on. I think that um, as, soon as, as soon as parents, um, you know, you never know what situation you're in. But when parents um, are negative towards the other or there's things that, that, that can happen in these, in these situations... And we can't always control. We can always only control what we're doing, but to, to, if if we can, um, we can just support the support those kids and and show yeah. them that, you know, hey, you're loved no matter what, and I love you, and I love you know, your mom and anybody else. Like, and we're just gonna be. That's that's how. It, that's who we are and and we're kindness cadets i guess and and yeah. uh <laughs> that's good and that's that's um that's how we're going to approach it and and it takes the anxiety and the stress and and so then they just live their lives and and i think that's just just really important yeah it also helps with it helps as a framework to not force the children into growing up too fast Yeah. You know, that that's kind of thought pattern. Is there yeah. more stuff that you wrote down? Sorry, yeah, here I mean, you go. So the well, it kind of rolls into sort of the positive parenting piece. And when you're t when I'm tired and I'm maybe a little agitated or something, it's so much harder. It's kind of like um when you hand them the phone and and uh get to an extra hour of sleep or whatever. But the when i when i show up and and just give them so much positive reinforcement just one they get one question right or they you know get their they ride their bike nice and we celebrate or whatever uh, suddenly like life is amazing and it's so much more fun doing it that way too so that's that's sort of the celebrating little things and their self-esteem goes way high and and uh and so does mine <laughs> and yeah yeah and you know this is so easy it's so true if you get for instance if you get uh, they, they make you a picture they draw you a picture And it's really like you can't even see what it is. But you ask them, what is this? Oh, it's a fly. Oh, that's a crazy fly. And it's, and it's so much better because it gives you, it, it gives you uh, the chance to celebrate the relationship rather than trying to correct the picture. Oh, why isn't there a sun? Or shouldn't there be a sun? Or how should, let, let's, you know, okay, we could say let's paint a tree because then you're doing it together. But th there are the two responses in my mind, you know, be, being able to celebrate the relationship Because it's a gift of, of, of that opportunity from the child, isn't it? Yeah. It's, and that is just positive it's, reinforcement. It, it's yeah. so much more powerful. And you get these, these small gifts of being able to, of, of having the chance to celebrate the relationship all the time, actually, if you think about it that way. Riding a bicycle. It's just a gift of, yeah, she's going three meters. Yeah, you know, I know you don't have to, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, uh, um, How do you say it in English? You shouldn't tell children how great they are all the time. But you know what? Actually, it's a gift of celebrating the relationship just for something small. It doesn't matter. And it doesn't always have to be over the top also. You know, and they should fail also. I know I get that. But 
I totally agree with you. Sorry, that's like a rant over. <laughs> no, well, I think I, I couldn't agree more. And I think the gold really is in the next sort of piece, which is, um, okay, so they, they drew this picture. It's like, what is that picture? Tell me more about that picture and why why are you drawing that picture and what's is that the biggest tree in the world like what what is the biggest tree in the world or oh you just rode your bike down the block do you think you could ride it all the way around the block or something like that and and it, you don't always have to be pushing them or whatever and then they wipe out and they they're you know they have a bloody knee or something and then we talk through it and we figure it out together and and that's when um, I think that's when the real, the real important stuff happens and letting them sort of decide, like, I'm not pushing them to go around the block. Like, is there anything else you want to do with your bike that would, that you'd be, you know, that would be fun <laughs> or whatever. And, and so then they do it and they succeed and they're so excited or they fail. And, and then it's more of a lesson of, all right, well, we get, we get back up and we, we go inside for hot cocoa or we try it again or or we figure it out in that moment mm, but that language is very important because you say we you said we not you that's very yeah. important yeah oh yeah yeah that's for sure hey tom uh, no stress we're about 50 minutes so we still have time but is there more stuff not really. I think I think my my kids. Are, I want to. I'm hoping that they sort of learn the same thing that that I've learned um, in terms of. There's only one person in charge of my life, and that's me. And and for them, that's them. And and um, and my my job is to sort of set their trajectory and 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 have them have them really run it and and that them to know that no matter what happens, you know, they'll have that base love for me. That is a very powerful ending. <laughs> Thank you, Tom, for being on. I really, really enjoyed it. And there was a very much a few nuggets there. So thank you for coming on and sharing your story, man. Philip, I think thank you so much. Um, I've, I mean, I started listening to to your podcast from the first episode, so I appreciate you. I love you and and everybody, and um, I love talking about this. So thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. If I could, I give you a hug now, but we'll do it after <laughs> Corona. <laughs> That's right. Super. Thank you so much for listening in. I really hope you liked this session. If you did, please share this podcast. I'm sure you know someone who wants to hear this. Make no mistake, your shares are meaningful and they drive our success. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening in. Hope to catch you next time. Have an awesome day. Ciao.